Are you struggling with all of the messages about Mother's Day and how wonderful it will be to honor mothers, but you're not even sure what motherhood means after you've lost your baby? There's no harder holiday to cope with for moms of stillborn babies than on Mother's Day. That's why I'm hosting a free support session called Coffee and Comfort on Sunday, May 12th at 11 o'clock Eastern. We'll get together for an hour before the day gets started and talk about the guilt and what-ifs that so often come after this type of loss. And I'll help you create a plan for the day that honors both you and your baby. The best part is we'll gather together with other lost moms who really get exactly how you're feeling so you won't feel alone. Together, we'll navigate Mother's Day and learn how to get through this tough holiday with ease. Save your seat at jennifersend.com slash coffee or click the link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Today, I get the honor of speaking with Dr. Heather Brown, and she is a psychotherapist specializing in grief, loss, relationships, living your best life, all the things that we as women especially deal with in this lifetime. And so welcome, Heather. I'm so excited to talk to you today. We're going to talk a lot about relationships. And I'm honored to be here. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. I hope you find it really enjoyable. Yes. Well, I am sure you're such a you're such a joyful energy person to talk to. I'm sure it will translate really well. So First, what's your story, I guess, behind grief, loss, relationships? Are you willing to share that with us? Sure. It goes way back. So my mom was a paranoid schizophrenic, and she killed herself when I was 16. And so that's where it started. And then since then, I lost a best friend at 16. She was murdered right after my mom killed herself. That was really hard for the whole high school. Uh, Had a miscarriage, and then I'm a widow. So beyond the normal things, you know, grandma, grandpa, that you have, I I had quite a few losses early on. And and also, all three of those were shocking. Well, mom, not so much, but suicide. So that's hard. Carrie with the rape was just mind-blowing. And then my husband was unexpected. So losing people early, not prepared. It's It's been a lot of what I've gone through. And having lost a mom so young really changed my viewpoint about relationship, but also how much you commit to yourself, to your own self-care and healing and that entire process. So the reason I'm a psychotherapist is because of what I went through with my mom. Oh gosh, so much trauma. That's a that's a, a, a lot, lot of really traumatic events. A lot, but then the flip is a lot of room to usher in so much love and so much hope and so much belief that we don't have to stay in that place forever. We absolutely need to walk through it mm-hmm. fully though. In my opinion, you really need to let yourself walk through grief in the way that you need to walk through grief to be able to come through on the other side. You're never done, but you come through. And that's important because a lot of people don't ever. And then they live their life in missing what was. 
and they don't experience now and they don't experience joy now because everything is colored on losing a child or losing a husband. And that's part of our life. And it's an important part of our life to honor and respect. But there is more beyond the death. And that's important for us to be aware of. You're right. That is, it is so hard to see that. And it's so hard to even imagine it when you're in the midst of it and just wondering, like, how will I ever be happy again? How did you allow yourself and give yourself permission maybe to experience joy again and happiness after so many tragedies? I think what you said is so profound. And it's it's a really bizarre reality. We don't think it's okay to be happy after someone has died. Mm-hmm. Think about that. They're no longer here. Their life, their physical life is done, but ours is not. And and there can be a lot of guilt in I can have a moment of happiness or joy beyond the death. I remember the first day I didn't cry after Ted had passed, it was six weeks out. And I remember saying to my daughter, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And she said, what? And I said, I didn't cry today. And she said, mom, that's so good. And then I started crying that I hadn't cried. <laughs> right. But I had to ask myself about that. I'm like, he wouldn't want me to be miserable. And my life is to be so much more than ending here. And for me, the place was, well, I, I, I obviously have to incorporate this in some way instead of just being stuck in this moment. And this is all there is. It's like, well, since I'm going through this horrific reality, I got to find a way to utilize this in a way that I can honor myself. I can honor the legacy of my husband or my mom. And that I can do some good for this world. Because a lot of people, you know, don't have a mom kill themselves at 16. A lot of people don't have a husband suddenly die at 51. A lot of people never even get that much. No. I had a, I had a shocking realization on the 40th anniversary of my mom's death. Poetry came to me a couple of years before Ted died. And it was, it was, a, it was just a gift from the heavens to start to make me comfortable in sharing my voice, which then has led to writing poetry and writing a book and podcasts and all that. And I wrote a really beautiful poem called 38 Years of Days on the 38th anniversary of her killing herself. It was published. It's a great poem. So when it came to the four you, I was, I wanted it to be deep and profound and heavy. And so I was saying, have I cried as many tears as there were in the 40 days of the flood? And have I beaten my chest as much as there were in the 40, you know, the 40 years of the desert? And God and I have a cheeky relationship. And for those listeners who don't have a strong affinity to God, hear me out because you'll get where I'm going. He slammed me on the side of my head and he said, really? Really? This is what you're going to do? At 51 and 62 and 73, you're going to do this every year? And I went, yeah. And God said, how about instead of celebrating another year, your mother's gone, 
how about you really embrace and be grateful for the years that you had her? I went, oh my gosh. So that day it changed. And I am so, and I was grateful, but I am so much more fully grateful. Do Mm -hmm. I miss her? Oh my God, yes. She's been gone 43 years. I know how long she's been gone. But I had 16 years with her. My husband's been gone eight. I mm-hmm. miss him too, but I had him for 24 and a half. Mm-hmm. So there's a place of, this is what I wish people could get. There's a place of holding on to the beauty, the memory, the love of that person and of how you were with that person and letting it live in memory and in joy and in beauty in you now. For some reason, we choose to hold to the loss. Yes. The hurt. Mm. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to feel that. Of course, you're going to feel that. But what do you cling to? And God showed me I was clinging to something that just made me feel like crap and sad and missing. And he just reminded me there were 16 great years, and that's really what you're missing. So why don't we focus on what you had versus just the miss? And I went, that's that's the key yeah that's um, that i i think translated into baby loss is oh think of the memory the dreams that you did have you know i mean it's a loss but it but there were so many dreams while you were pregnant the minute you found out you're pregnant that excitement that hope and that looking forward to the future and all of the things that you were planning to experience and as painful as it is what a great experience what a, what a gift to have been given that and it's hard to stay there but you might not have even had that and mm. i think there's a really important place in life to recognize what we truly do have and then there's a difference between what we want and what we dream for. Yeah. And I think that's a place where we can get caught in grief. Mm-hmm. If my focus is, I was cheated at this, I was cheated at this. I had a really important awareness that came. I get a lot of, in my opinion, important awarenesses by God just to help me on this journey. And it's because I don't really have family. And so he steps in to do that. Thank you. And help me with that. But Right after Ted died, I had a I had a message, which is, I have not so much as taken away as I have moved you. You're no longer here. You're no longer there. You're here. And I am with you. Do you understand? And my response was, oh, no, God, you totally took away. Like, what are you talking about? And he said, well, you're just not sharp enough to get it. And I'm like, oh, but I did get it. God gave me Ted for 24 and a half years every day. Ted, 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 Ted. That's like a bunch of years. Mm-hmm. One minute, like a super, super critical minute. One minute. August 23rd, 10, 10. Horrific day. The next day, oh, it still hurts, but it's important. The next day, he didn't take Ted away. He didn't. Oh. I just simply didn't get him. Yeah. And I didn't like that truth, but I needed to realize that. 
And then that becomes the walk of who am I now? But that freed me because what I realized is what I have each day is my life. That's all that's really guaranteed. I want a whole bunch of stuff on my plate. I want my kids, I want my house, I want my dog, I want my children, I want my friends, I want sunshine, I want the ocean, I want chocolate, I want lots of things on my plate. But all I am promised is my life. And if I remember that, then I can stay in a place of so much more gratefulness for everything that is on my plate and a little bit more willingness to deal with the stuff that I wish wasn't because there's room for me to find something in that to grow with or change with. For some reason, we feel we are to have who we want to have always. Yes. And with a stillborn or a miscarriage, oh my gosh, of course. And I think that's such such a hard, unique place because you want to have that child and you want all of those experiences. And I don't know why what has happened has happened. And that's got to be unbelievably hard, especially to go to stillborn. And I don't have answers for that. Yeah. That's the place in life where we have to find what we make of our life. I think, yeah, and maybe maybe you've experienced this too, but, you know, if you are... Christian, which I am too, there is a lot of anger at God for taking away. Yeah. And I would assume that you experienced the same for a minute, at least when with all of your tragedies. How do you, how did you make peace with that? How did you come back to God after that? I'm a little bit of a different bird. And I think, I think, I think the reason is because my mom, it was so hard for her to live. Mm. Bless her heart. She tried so hard. It was so hard for her to try to live in this reality. It, it was so hard that I wasn't angry with God when she died and she took her life. Yeah. So there's not much room to be angry with God on that one. Yeah. Right. Um, so that when, And then when Carrie died so closely thereafter, she was murdered. Mm. So that wasn't God's hand either. Mm. It's a God love it, but but that wasn't God's hand and we have free will. So when it came to Ted, I I wasn't. But I do remember, I probably screamed it out. I probably screamed it out. I do remember saying, since you have chosen this horrific reality for me and the kids, you have got to help me get them through. And you have got to show us how in some way to glorify you mm. in this. Yeah. I wasn't angry with God. I was floored with what I was going to do. Okay. Yeah. But I have a lot of clients that are, and I just tell them, let it out. Be yeah. angry with them. Like you feel you were robbed. You feel you were gypped. I did have one moment where I was super pissed, super, super like, oh, but it wasn't God. Mm. So 
when I got the picture of the tombstone, they had put down the wrong dates. Oh, shoot. And they gave him three more years. And that I was pissed for. Because I'm like, I want every single one of them. And even the cemetery is saying, he lived longer than he lived. What the hell? But most people do go through anger. And I say, go through it. Go through it. This is not what you want. It's not. And your life has changed dramatically. And you do feel like something has been ripped out of your hands. Be mad. And then there's the place of, and you do have your life and you have a choice how you're going to live it. And you can either live it in anger and hatred or, or you can live it in trying to love and be loved. And I just know for me, I so want to feel loved mm. that I don't want to go to anger with anybody. It's too short. Yeah. It's too much to give and share for me. So I'm I'm not a really angry person, hardly ever. Disappointed, frustrated, irked. But I also don't believe anyone's here to make my life easier, better. Yeah. I think that's up to me. And I got to deal with whatever comes my way. Whatever it is. None of us wanted to go through COVID. But we've, you know, we've done it. So there's a place of, I have control over what I choose to think, view, and do, and say, and feel in my life. I don't have that much control of what happens. Mm-mm. No. everything can be taken away in a second. Everything can be taken away in a second. And I just think I know that so much so that I try to treasure what I have. Sometimes I'm better at it than others. I love that. It's yeah. hard. Being human's horror. Grief, grief sucks. Yeah. yeah. It, and it's something that we all will go through. You're going to go through grief a lot. And some of us, there's yeah. a lot. Yeah. I have a client who has a huge family. And in 22, she lost 14 family members. Oh, yeah. And the saving grace, because it was awful, like every other week she's saying someone died or is in the hospital. Mm-hmm. But the saving grace, as I said, but how many births have there been in your family in the last 10 years? She has a huge family. I told her, you're going to have a ton of funerals you got to go to. Why do I have to go to so many more funerals than other people? I'm like, because you got a huge family. You also have a lot more weddings. You have a lot more birthdays. You have a lot more baby showers. I said, yeah. I don't go to funerals. Why? Because I've got my kids. Thank yeah. God they have not passed. But I don't have a mom. I don't have a dad. I don't have grandparents. So well, not- in there, I don't know if I, I don't know if it's a scripture or just a saying. But you know, to to grieve is to have loved, right? Yes. Like, I mean, the blessing of grief is that you had such an intense love for this person and. Yeah, again, that goes back to measuring the time that you did have and measuring the memories that you did have. And you've got to honor it in your own way. Yeah. And especially when it's a very tense, I mean, all deaths are tender, but some are harder than others. Some are just harder. And it's really important that you 
honor yourself and what you need. People will be very, very well-intentioned and tell you what to do or what you shouldn't do or how you're doing it wrong or, and thank them. No, they're, no, they're, they're offering it of love. And then really listen to what you need. You are the only person who knows. And you can read books and you can do podcasts and, and, and go to websites and, and do all of that because there'll be great suggestions and some of them will totally resonate with you. You will find things from others to guide you and what works for you. Honor what you need to do because it is your grief. And so it needs to be your way of taking care of yourself and soothing yourself and comforting yourself or not. Some people grieve in anger. And if you need to grieve in anger, grieve in anger. Go go and you know hit baseballs. Go shoot clay pigeons. I had a client, Julianne, she's, she's an angel. She died of cancer seven years ago. She left twin girls at two and a four-year-old boy. And it was so bad at the end. She was in so much pain. And she wanted, she was such a so fun. She wanted a, a demolition car and she just wanted to drive in it and crash in it. And I told her, I will find one for you. I will find one for you. I will buy one for you if you get your doctor's permission. But I can't do it without your doctor's permission. And he was like, oh, hell no. But <laughs> that's what she wanted to do. And I thought, like, I get it. Like, let's yeah. just crash cars. I'm so mad. So. Honor the way you need to do it. But the question is, do you find yourself healing, moving, transforming in the way you're grieving? If you're stuck, if it's just making it worse, if you feel worse after what you've done than when you started, it's a massive red flag. It's not the right thing. I still am very mindful when I look at photos. It's hard for me. Still, eight years later, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that for me. <clears throat> I just have to say, okay, Heather, like you're a softie there. So I, I have all the memories in my mind. We talk about it a lot, but to sit down and go through a photo album, that, that's just not the best thing for me. I have photos up. I see them all the time. But to go through and go through all the memories, that's a little hard. And people can say, there's something wrong with you. <clears throat> and I'm just going to say, okay. That's just yeah. right. Yeah. So you got to honor your way. I think going back to something else you said, too, that reminded me of, you know, grieving in your own way, grieving and going through it, making sure that you fully grieve, go through the whole process and feel all of it. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are afraid to do that. They just, especially in baby loss. You don't have a physical baby. Everyone around you is just trying to make it. Okay. Okay. Well, just, you know, get back to normal. Oh, I'm glad to see you. You look really good. You look back to normal. You know, you look like yourself again. You seem happier. Thanks. Yeah. And that is not helpful to allowing them to grieve on their timeline. Well, and you don't go back to who you were. You never you do. Never go back to who the phrase I hated was the new normal. New and I'm normal. oh, screw you all. This is not normal. This is awful. This is awful. Yeah. The new everyone said that to me. That's not true. 
maybe 10 people, but I hated that phrase. Yeah. Because it was, I, it wasn't a good new and it wasn't normal. It was awful. It was like, this is the now crap is the way I felt about it. Yeah. You know, not new normal. It lightens it. This is just a new normal. It's like, oh no, no, this is bad. This is bad. I'll figure out how to do this. But this is, there's nothing in this that I want other than my kids are okay. And then the part for me that was so hard and the mamas, they probably even have this. They do have this. The mamas who lose their baby and then they are, then they are to comfort their live children with that mm-hmm. loss too. The thing that was the hardest thing for me was when I had to 100% own. I could not take away my children's pain. No. And I am such a mother. I am such a lover. I am a healer. And I would sit there with them and love all over them and do everything I can. And at the end of it, I loved them amazingly. And I did not take away one ounce of pain. And I told them, I'm not able to. I wish I could. I can't. I'm not going to pretend I do. You're going to hurt as much as you hurt. And I'm just going to hold you. And that's all I can do. And for that reason, I think my kids came through it, though it was brutal, a little bit better. Because a lot of people think if you just give a whole bunch of love, the hurt goes away. No, the love feels really good. But it doesn't take away the hurt. Going through the hurt is what takes away the hurt. And that's why you need to grieve. Yeah. You just can't put more casseroles in the person's freezer and make them happy. It just doesn't work that way. You got a lot of food, but they're different. And for some reason, we tie them together. If I love you really well, then you won't hurt. Oh, no. You're going to be grateful you're loved. Awesome. And, and love people who have lost them. Yes, of course. But you got, you're going to hurt. Yeah. Because you, lo- you love that person so much. Do you think that we are afraid to see people in pain? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It makes us uncomfortable for the very reason we don't know what to do. And so we feel like, well, if I can't do anything, what what help am I in? And it makes us feel incompetent. And that's why that was so hard for me because I'm holding my children realizing like there's nothing I could do. But the best thing I could do is say, I'm going to stay here while you like fall apart and almost die. Yeah. Like you're not doing this. You're, you're, you got to do this your way, but you're not going to do this without my presence. Yeah. Because they still kind of in a way do it alone, but my presence was there. But yeah, we're very afraid. We're very afraid of being with somebody sharing their hurt or their pain. Because it makes us feel inept. Yeah. My, my, my sons were three and five when I lost my girls. And I just remember, you know, at the funeral and trying to explain. And then the questions that came. I suppose in some way it was healing. Yeah. But it's sort of stabbing. Yeah. For a while. And, when you're grieving and then you also 
feel that maternal instinct to help others grieve through it. It's a it's a heavy load. I think oh. there's there's a lot that goes into that that people again the uncomfortability of it is like well but but you have two you already have two children so you should be thankful i remember somebody told me that you should be thankful that you have the your two boys as if i, I wasn't yet had funeral say to me she was the babysitter never met her before she came up we we're having a nice conversation and then she said you are so beautiful and you know of course if you feel like hell three days after of, hell, of, hell, yeah hell, right hell, of all makeup the time. And I'm like, thanks. And she said, and you're young. I feel like I'm a thousand years old. And she said, you'll get another man. Oh, she meant it really. She meant it really well. And I I know, but I thought like, I'm not a good enough person right now in this moment to not just say thank you. So what I did, as I said, you see that body back there. That's the one I want. Yeah. Thank you for your time. And I walked away. And it was mean of me to do that, even though I said it with a really smiley face. And maybe I helped her a little bit, but it wasn't wasn't my best moment. And I have to own that. But damn. Yeah. No, I know. It's like having two children takes away grief of not having two children. Like what? They're not replaceable. If you had a thousand children, you're still going to miss those two. Like, what a weird concept. But but I think we go to the place of, well, there is a place in your life to still be grateful. And and of course, it's so funny. It's not funny. That's the wrong word. It's so bizarre because, of course, there is. But you're not talking about, let me share with you all the places where I've been grateful. Not these not these two babies. I'm not grateful for this two, those two babies in life. But I'll even be grateful that I was pregnant with them because we're only going to be grateful. Like, where's the space of being hurt, sad, mad, confused. And to honor those two little babies, those little babies need to be, in my opinion, need to be remembered forever. Yeah, They've lived a life. It was just kind of different than what we thought it would be. But it's not like, okay, let's, let's get pregnant again. Like what? Yeah. Anyone who has lost a child, even if it's, you know, a couple weeks in, knows that yeah you know that i lost yeah. pumpkin at, at nine and a half weeks oh yeah pumpkin i love pumpkin you know it's not like oh i don't even remember if i was pregnant a third time yeah i do yeah, yeah I do. and the longer you're pregnant or the further out toward birth and then into life the harder that is because it's a bigger reality yeah so for all of you sweet women, well, anyone who's lost anybody at any time, my heart is out for you. There's something really, really precious, though, about loving on someone who has lost a little one. Yeah. So one of the other things I know that you're an expert in is is couples. And baby loss takes a huge toll and couple relationships what what advice do you have especially in grief when you're very often you're grieving differently yes it appears that you're grieving differently over the same tragedy and lots of times that can cause a lot of trouble i think it doesn't in 
many relationships. And 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 what you said is is so spot on. It's such a brilliant awareness, which is we grieve differently. And so you may find that what you're wanting, truly needing, your spouse can't give because they're grieving in their own way and they just do not have the resources. This is such a hard truth, but I think it's imperative. Each of you need to grieve in the way that you need to grieve. And each of you need to get the support in the way that you need to get support. Ted and I grieve differently. If we're both going through the same loss and it was significant to both of us, he would get pissed and angry and mad and he would need to hit baseballs and hit clay pigeons and he wanted to shoot and, you know, do chew and drink beer and a big guy. While I'm falling apart on the bed, weeping and wanting to be held. Well, I want to break and destroy everything. And I want to be held. Do not work. Yeah. And so it it was a part of our relationship that I was. I thought it was unfortunate that we never were able to find a way to do it differently, but we didn't. He would for two or three days blow things up and be pissed off and mad. And it was better when he went off with his brother and did it versus at home staying in that state and, you know, get it all out or get out for the afternoon and come home. And I called on girlfriends. And then a couple in particular, Susie in particular. And then, and Laura, precious Laura. And then two, three days later, I wouldn't be quite as deep and he wouldn't be quite as mad. And then we could love each other. The challenge is that we believe if you don't give me what I need, you don't love me. Please, please don't let that be your truth. It's not. It's not. Your partner loves you to whatever extent they love you. And and, and this loss doesn't make it any less. But they've got to deal with what they've got to deal with also. And it doesn't mean you don't have a great marriage. It doesn't mean you don't have a great partner. It doesn't mean your partner's selfish. It means your partner's grieving. And and, and likewise, maybe your partner handles things really well and you need a lot of emotions, a lot of talking. Your partner can't do that. That doesn't mean they don't love you. It just means they can't go there with you because it ends up hurting them. And if they're then going down, they're not any help to you. My daughter and I have a phrase. I'm very close with my children. They're the most amazing people in the whole wide world, in my opinion. But I'll say, like, I'll be in the boat. Because there's times in life where she needs to go do something, or I need to go do something that is not right for the other. And we honor it. And I'll just say, I'll be here. Please come back. But I can't always Go with her where she needs to go, mentally, physically, emotionally. Nor can she with me. And that is okay. We're not to go everywhere with everyone. But what's really important is you need support. So I would wish it would be your spouse. I would wish it would be your mom or your dad or your best friend. But just get it wherever you need to get it. Just take it. Just say yes to anybody who wants to do anything for you. When you're going through grief. Yeah. You can donate it. 
later on if you don't need 5,000 casseroles. But just say yes, because it's better to have and to know people have loved on you and cared for you in the way that they know how, because you can hold on to that. People are really trying. They they do try. Yeah. And you can say it doesn't do me any good, but I do have that truth. Yeah. People are really trying. And that's important to remember because in time, that is part of what lifts you. People really do care for me. People really are here. People really do reach out. So as much as possible, see that. And as much as possible, ask yourself, what do I need for me to feel like I can get through this? For women, it tends to be to talk, to cry, to sob. I remember a friend two weeks after Ted died reached out to me and she said, manicure or massage? Mm. I don't do either. And I went, oh my gosh. And she said, what? And I said, massage. It's going to be awful. It has to be with a woman. And I'm going to cry the whole time because I hadn't been touched. And I remember saying to the little sweet woman, I'm six foot one. She was like five foot one. And I remember saying to her, when you touch me on my neck and my face, I am going to sob. I don't want you to stop, but I don't want you to think you're hurting me. Yeah. I am going to sob. And it was so hard and so important. And I got home, thanked my friend dearly. And I said, kids, get in the car. And they said, where are we going? And I said, you're getting a massage. Oh, I don't know. They needed it too. Yeah. You need. Interesting. Much. You need to relate to this world when, when you have lost someone from the world. And, and, and my thought would be, like pumpkin was nine and a half weeks. So I, I, I didn't need to have a physical to hold on to. But if, if you n- need to have, you know, a blanket to hold on to or a pillow to hold on to or a stuffed animal to hold on to, take it, use it, let yourself embrace that because physical touch is so important and COVID has made it where it's so hard. Yeah. People have been grieving. Yeah. In quarantine. Grieving in even more isolation. Yeah. Dear God. I remember when I had the miscarriage, I didn't know the doctor. And I knew, like blood was pouring out of me. I knew. But I remember when she said, you know, you know what's going on. And I said, yes. And I was falling apart. My husband wasn't with me. And I looked at her and I said, could I have a hug? And this sweet little doctor is trying to follow medical protocol and she looks at me and she's got like petrified eyes and I said it's okay and she goes yes yes and she held me and I just sobbed I needed a hug now not everyone does need a hug some people don't want to be touched at all but know what you need I always need hugs I always need hugs but maybe you need walks maybe you need to run maybe you need to go to the ocean maybe you need to pound baseballs find, maybe you need to scream, find what you need to feel either comforted or released. You need one of those two things. And at times you're going to need both. 
Do you need to feel comforted right now or do you need a release? And then whichever one it is that feels most important, honor that. If everyone else is thinking you need to be comforted and no way in hell, I don't want anybody to touch me, like get away from me, honor it. And then go break things. Wear goggles so you don't hurt yourself. Sometimes you just have a little bit of a destructiveness Mm -hmm. and you want to do it in a way that's not dangerous, like driving a car. Get it out. Get it out. Digging. Digging is really good. Yeah. So you got to honor the way you got to honor it for you. But ask yourself, is it a release I need or is it comfort? Good. Yeah. And I think that also would help you understand your partner more. Well, knowing that, thought, yes, that they, you know, be, because there are different ways that maybe they are just needing that. And at some other point, they're going to need something different, too. And it will keep shifting all the time. And like eventually, you'll come back together. And you might you might need some sessions. I know when Ted and I were losing Pumpkin, he needed me to be over it quickly. And I wasn't. And I remember saying to him, we're, we need to go see someone or we're not going to make it. And when I'm really triggered, I can be crass like I was to that person at the funeral. And so I said something horrible. Anybody who doesn't want to hear horrible things, like go quiet for 30 seconds on me. But in the session, I said to him, you got to wait until I'm done with the baby dripping out of me. Like you got to, you got to back off until I'm not every single second feeling it and knowing it. And every time go to the bathroom, seeing it, like just back off. And he looked at me because I'm a really compassionate kind person. He's like, whoa. And the therapist said, listen to her. Now I knew once physically I wasn't experiencing the miscarriage anymore, it would be different. That's all. And when the milk comes, like, dear Mm. God, all of that's hard. And so recognize until you're done with that and your hormones are back into balance, which takes a little while, you're not going to necessarily be kind or rational. And I just needed him to know, like, I needed some time for for the man. Yes, they lose, they lose the baby. But for the woman, it leaves our body. It's a whole different physical experience. And yeah, hormonal. Yeah. And that. That's to be remembered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously you would grieve differently because you, it's the same experience, but also, also very different for each of you. So, yeah. So know you're going to do it differently. Talk about it. Mm-hmm. Talk about how you can support each other in the way they need to grieve. Like I told Ted, like, whatever you need to spend, I don't care how much clay pigeons are, just go break them all. Talk about it in a way. And I'm like, can Susie come? Can I go stay with Susie? Talk about it. Like, whatever you need to do, talk about it. So you're in agreement with what your partner needs to do for them. Yeah. Don't take it personal. It's not. They've just got to get them through so they can be there to love on you. 
But here comes the place that's really hard and you, sweet one, had to go through this. You got little ones to take care of too. That's a whole nother layer. And sometimes you got to call on the troops a little bit more, grandma and grandpa, because you've got to be okay. And that's hard when you're going through your own grief. So if you need more support, of course, the kids need you to be loving on them too. But there's got to be a way where everyone gets love. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot to, to <laughs> juggle. <laughs> As is life, for sure. But uh, uh, well, I love this. I know we could talk for another two hours. I'm sure of it. So thank you so much for bringing all of your wisdom and inspiration and just letting us know that if we choose, we can we can use this these experiences as beautiful gifts from our memory. Because that place of loss, mm-hmm. which it is, then becomes a place that you do want to have filled in a different way, though it doesn't, you know, it doesn't replace, but that then becomes more love. Mm-hmm. Something to know. When you have lost someone, something, you now are open to more love. And everyone who has lost someone dear to them knows if you do come through it in a way that allows it, you actually can love even more deeply than someone who is not, because you know the significance of life, the Ooh, significance of loss, that. and where that goes for you. So anyone who has lost someone dear to them does have the ability to love more deeply than someone who is not. And that, I'm not going to really say that's a gift of grief, I guess you could, but that's a possibility of your own choice. I want that to be your own choice. That's your own choice to allow yourself to use that in a way that glorifies. And that is a powerful choice. And that is something for you to let yourself own. Yeah. So good. That was the perfect way to end this conversation. And yeah, I love that. Where can people find you? So my website is www. Dr. Heather Brown. So it's D-R-H-E-A-T-H-E-R, Brown with an E, B-R-O-W-N-E dot com. And it has all my links. So my newsletter, my social media, I'm on TikTok and YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. So I'm pretty easy to find, but I have gifts. I have blogs. So I have workshops. So anyone who's interested or anybody who just wants to reach out and, and see if I have anything to know or to offer with them, please reach out. We'll have my website in the, in the program notes, I'm sure. But I would be honored to speak with anybody who might be going through a tough time and needing a little bit of encouragement and love or guidance. And if I can help, I'd be happy to. So generous. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me.